Some may think that Brian Flores put his entire career at risk, but what if he actually ended up making himself the best possible candidate for the New Orleans Saints head coaching position? We'll talk about what that means, why it probably hits very close to home for the New Orleans Saints, the issues that Brian Flores has raised, and why Malik Willis continues to stand out as the top quarterback at the Senior Bowl. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, on Locked On Saints. And today's episode is brought to you by Get Upside. Go download the free Get Upside app. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN so that you can save 25 cents per gallon or more the next time you fill up your tank. All right, y'all. I want to dive in on today's conversation around Brian Flores, the head coach formerly of the Miami Dolphins. He has put together a 59-page complaint that ends up pointing out some uh, improper practices, let's say, because there's a couple of different things here. There's the potential offer or the alleged offer for $100,000 per game to uh, in bonuses to drop those games, lose those games for the Miami Dolphins in 2019, a report that could potentially be corroborated here soon by a witness. We also have reports of uh, everything going on around the New York Giants with coaches texting Brian Flores to congratulate him to on, on his winning the or or getting the uh, New York Giants head coaching job when they meant to text uh, Brian Dayball and all these other things. So there's a ton going on. But the big thing that it's highlighting is the improper and discriminatory practices of the National Football League's hiring process. It's one that we've talked about here on the show before, and it's one that has been in conversation for quite a while. And unfortunately, we're still here having this conversation with only one black head coach left in the NFL, and you've only got about a handful of offensive coordinators just into double digits when it comes to defensive coordinators, a few quarterback coaches, and just a few GMs as well, including one brand new hire, which I believe moved it up to six or eight, one of those two. But either way, single digits when you got 32 teams and you've got no black owners, there's a lot of things to call to question here. And so a lot of folks looked at this complaint as uh, uh, Brian Flores effectively saying, well, I know that my head coaching days might be over here. Now that I've made this complaint and I'm okay with that, right? But there is another reality here. And the other reality is that he has just simply brought to light something that people have been talking about both out in the open and behind closed doors forever at this point within NFL circles and within NFL franchises. And the reason why I bring this up is because there's a actually a level of synergy here for Brian Flores as well as the New Orleans Saints. Because one of those coaches that would constantly speak up about the injustices and the discriminatory and very problematic, um, discriminatory, excuse me, and very problematic hiring practices of the NFL was Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton jumped on the podcast Huddle and Flow with Jim Trotter and Steve Weish, one of the greatest interviews that I've heard of Sean Payton's, talked about how he's always challenging the league when it comes to furthering 
uh, black and brown people, women, non-male, non-white people in the NFL into these higher positions and challenged owners and challenged the idea of head coaching positions. It was often asked, hey, how long do you think you're going to be able to do that before they end up getting mad at you? And what she responded, well, as long as I'm winning, then I get the opportunity to speak up, right? So he understood the game that he was playing. He understood a big part of what it is that he brought to the table. And Sean Payton has, along with the New Orleans Saints organization, worked to elevate people of color within their organizations. We've seen it with Terry Fontenot, who went on to become the general manager, one of those few black general managers in the NFL of the Atlanta Falcons. You see Ronald Curry, who we'll talk about here in just a moment, is the New Orleans Saints quarterback coach, elevated from the wide receiver position or wide receiver coach position, which usually the track that Ronald Curry is following is one that fast tracks you to offensive coordinator eventually. So when you look at where Brian Flores did, did he really jeopardize his chances to be the New Orleans Saints quarterback, or did he just put himself in further synergy and further alignment with an organization that's already been vocal around it and is one of those few organizations that's owned by a woman? So when you look at what it is that separates Brian Flores as a head coaching candidate, you can already see the big pieces, right? He's a defensive, uh, he's a defensive coach, right? He's somebody that is totally willing to turn over the offense to someone else and allow that to continue to happen. Pete Carmichael is somebody that the Saints wanted to talk to, the Saints offensive coordinator in terms of that head coach position, but he seems pretty comfortable at the offensive coordinator spot. Doesn't seem that he's ready to step into that head coaching role. So he uh, uh, reportedly didn't take the interview. So if that's the case, then there could be a plan to keep Pete Carmichael around in order to be able to, you know, if they brought in a guy like Brian Flores, still have their offense look pretty familiar with what it's looked like over the past 16, 15 seasons, but with Brian, uh, excuse me, Pete Carmichael's twist on it. So a a lot of folks might be asking, okay, well, why are we talking about this? Why is this important? And I think there's a couple of reasons why this is important. Hi, let me introduce myself to you. My name is Ross Jackson. I'm the host of the show and I happen to be a black man. And so this is a very important conversation for me. And the reason why I like to tell this story and why I like to have this conversation isn't necessarily because I want you to know what's going on in the NFL, but it's because I want you, the you know 12-year-old boy or girl that plays football that's sitting in the back of your parents' car right now that's listening to this show, and you're hearing this story about somebody that looks like you standing up for other people that look like you in an organization that hasn't looked at you. That's why this is important. And that's why I'm telling the story. And that's why we're talking about it. So keep going. Keep going, whoever you are. And make sure that you keep pushing because there are people that are going to be willing to keep pushing for you. So when you look at where Brian Flores aligns with the New Orleans Saints, there's a synergy here, right? He's somebody that's willing to be that cultural figurehead that we continue to talk about when it came to Sean Payton as somebody that does more than just X's and O's on the field. That's more than just a scheme. That's more than just a philosophy. It is instead a culture. And if the New Orleans Saints are a team that's looking to maintain their culture, that's not looking to uh, uproot or have any kind of real upheaval within what it is that they have created in New Orleans, Brian Flores certainly looks like he could be the vocal leader that would be willing to keep all of that in place. And that would do just fine right alongside guys like Demario Davis, Malcolm Jenkins, Cameron Jordan, all of these guys that do community work, all these guys that speak the same language that Brian Flores speaks and that have challenged the NFL in the same ways that Brian Flores has just challenged the NFL. And then you have somebody like Ronald Curry that's working with somebody like Brian Flores. How great is that? So there's a lot of different ways that this can all go, right? There's a very good chance that this still ends up being Dennis Allen's job. I would still personally consider Dennis Allen the front runner in this job. But if Brian Flores, knowing all the things that he has been able to achieve here over the last 24 to 48 hours, depending upon when you're watching this, in terms of the conversations that he's generated, 
if New Orleans Saints put a lot of value in that and he went in and nailed that interview, wouldn't be surprised if Brian Flores ends up being the name that gets called when the New Orleans Saints eventually make their head coaching announcement. So we'll see how all of it goes. Of course, I, I, I would be surprised if that announcement for whoever the next head coach is, uh, I'd be surprised if it doesn't happen within the next couple of weeks, honestly, because there's a lot of sort of ripple effect that happens when you bring a new head coach in and you have to be careful of that ripple effect and the other human beings that are involved in it. So we'll see what happens with the New Orleans Saints here. And you know, of course, we'll keep you up to date every step of the way here on Locked on Saints. Now let's talk about why this is really close to home for the New Orleans Saints. Though. I want to talk more about Ronald Curry, fill you in on who he is and why all of this is important because there's ripple effects, like I mentioned, that happen when you bring in a head coach. Some of them are negative, but there are some that are positive here. And there could be a real track here for a guy like Ronald Curry as these coaching cycles continue to heat up every single off season. We got that and more coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I want to remind you about that Get Upside app that I was just talking about, helping you save some money at the gas station and at the gas pump. Never pay full price at the pump again, especially with these gas prices just getting more and more expensive by the hour, by the day, seemingly by the minute. So go ahead and download the Get Upside app for free on your app store or Google Play. Just search the Get Upside app and you can go ahead and download it and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN so that you can get 25 cents back per gallon or more on your first fill up. They basically, you take a picture of it, you go to a select gas station, take a picture of your receipt, download it to the app, and they're going to give you cash back to your account. Some folks are getting $200, $300 back over certain periods of time, and then you're able to have that deposited directly to your bank account, directly to PayPal, or even to a potential like gift card, like I don't know, Amazon, a bunch of other brands as well. I usually do the Amazon gift card myself. So go ahead and check it out. It's a Get Upside app. You can download it for free. There's no catch at all. Select gas stations for you. Get you up to 25 cents back or more per gallon. Every time that you fill up, if you use that promo code touchdown with the Get Upside app, that's promo code touchdown. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Very grateful to be here with you from a rainy, rainy Mobile, Alabama. I want to talk about the quarterback coach for the New Orleans Saints, Ronald Curry. He's one of the few black quarterback coaches around the NFL. And we always talk about when we have these conversations about hiring and hiring practices and discriminatory practices and things like that that you hire the best candidate for the job. And that should always be the case, regardless of who they are, what they look like, anything like that. If they're the best candidate for the job, they're the best candidate for the job in terms of who's most qualified. Ronald Curry is incredibly qualified. And Ronald Curry is not somebody that was going to get a head coaching interview this offseason, but, or this particular coaching cycle, but he is somebody that could potentially be moving into bigger roles down the road and could end up being fast-tracked in that way now that he has the quarterback coach experience. What you need to know about Ronald Curry is, is simple. He is somebody that was a phenomenal two-sport athlete at UNC, the Tar Heels over in North Carolina. Shout out to Candace Cooper over at Locked on ACC. I'm sure she could tell you a lot about Ronald Curry as well, um, as, especially as a UNC grad herself too. Um, he is somebody that came in to the NFL and had you know one of those careers that never fully takes off in the NFL. It happens all the time. You get these really, really phenomenal college prospects, and they either end up in a system that doesn't work for them, they end up with coaches that don't work for them, they end up in a style of game that doesn't work for them, the speed of the game isn't there, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And instead of him stepping away from football as a whole, he committed himself to becoming a coach and going the coaching route. Now, this is something that 
our guy Tony Wiggins over at Locked on Jaguars talked about not too long ago, right? You have about 60 to 70% of players in the NFL. Demario Davis actually talked about this on the Jim Rome show on Wednesday as well that are black. And a lot of them play the game, but aren't seen as the candidates that are that are selected to teach the game. Ronald Curry is the exception to that, right? And he got in with the New Orleans Saints early, started off as their wide receiver coach for a little while. And then once Joe Lombardi moved off to become the offensive coordinator, a key piece in that track to go from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator, that's usually the next step for those coaches. Joe Lombardi left to take over that offensive coordinator role over in Los Angeles with the Chargers, Justin Herbert. And then they moved up Ronald Curry to quarterback's coach. In that same interview with Sean Payton that I referenced earlier on the Huddle and Flow podcast with Jim Trotter, as well as Steve Weiss, he talked about that. And he talked about, you know, moving Ronald Curry into that position and how much they liked him. And I will tell you right now, Ronald Curry is so highly regarded around the New Orleans Saints facility that I'm surprised it's a secret. I'm surprised it's not talked about more. And it's not just within the New Orleans Saints facility. In fact, it is around coaching circles across the NFL as a whole. So now you have this potential here to where you could have Dennis Allen step into this role. You could have Brian Flores step into this role. You could have Aaron Glenn step into this role as the head coach for the New Orleans Saints. And the good news for Ronald Curry out of all of that is that you have something that connects you with all three of those guys. Dennis Allen, you've shared locker rooms. You've shared all of this with him, right? You've been in game meetings with the, you know, you've been on the same coaching staff as the guy for the past couple of years. Same thing for Aaron Glenn. They overlapped for a little while before Aaron Glenn took off to go and be the defensive coordinator last year in Detroit. Aaron Glenn doing his interview on Wednesday, by the way, with the New Orleans Saints, Dennis Allen today on Thursday. But you can see the connection with, uh, with Brian Flores as well, because Brian Flores comes from a similar, let's say discipline, right? Coaching tree as Guys like Sean Payton, guys like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pete Carmichael, guys like Jeff Ireland, even, who is a part of the front office. They all come from sort of that parcel tree. They see the same molds. They like the same prototypes. They sort of view the game in similar ways, right? And so when you have Ronald Curry that's coming in and has a similar language to those guys, you can follow that same trail and find Brian Flores there as well as a Bill Parcells disciple, who, of course, was a, excuse me, as a Bill Belichick disciple, which, of course, was connected to Bill Parcells. So they have the same language, no matter what. You can see the connectivity between all of the coaches that the New Orleans Saints have approached so far, including Pete Carmichael, who in his own way is a Parcells guy because of his connection to Sean Payton, right? So there's a mold, there's a fit, there's something there. And Ronald Curry fits in that same mold. And the reason why I highlight this is because let's say that something were to happen and the Saints were to move on from Pete Carmichael or Pete Carmichael were to move on you have an in-house potential uh, uh, elevation that you could use in Ronald Curry to have your next offensive coordinator and do something for Ronald Curry, who has dedicated a lot of opportunity, dedicated a lot of time to the franchise, and the franchise is very dedicated to him as well. And if that doesn't happen this season because Pete Carmichael hangs around with the new coaching staff and the new head coach, then you see opportunities later on down the road for Ronald Curry. But there are always going to be ripple effects when there's a new head coach brought in, whether it's coming from inside the organization or outside the organization. Some coordinators might not be retained. Some, it, it, In fact, in Dennis Allen's case, if he moves up to off to head coach, you got to fill a defensive coordinator position anyway, right? So sometimes those coordinators aren't retained. Sometimes those position coaches aren't retained. One of the things that might have caused a disconnect between Byron Leftwich and the New Orleans Saints is the rumor that Byron Leftwich wanted, would have wanted to bring in his own OC in D.C., right? He would have wanted to replace Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, reportedly. So with that, 
maybe there was a little bit of a disconnect there and therefore that interview didn't happen. We kind of talked about that yesterday to where there was a request there, but no interview ever actually took place. No meeting ever actually took place. So when you look at where the Brian Flores conversation is right now, the culture of the New Orleans Saints, what they have shown the ability and the want to do, the desire to do within their own staffs, again, the synergy is very, very clear. Now, this isn't just me fully advocating for Brian Flores because of the fact that he decided to sue the NFL, which any Saints fan, I think, would take some pleasure in, right? Any Saints fan would take some pleasure in the idea of holding the NFL accountable for its actions. Imagine that, right? Think back to 2018 if you don't know what I'm talking about, but don't think too hard because I want you to have a good day today. So when you think about it, all of that is there, right? The synergy is there. The, the big question is going to be, is it going to be Brian Flores? Is it going to be Dennis Allen? Is it going to be Aaron Glenn or somebody else that we don't know yet? Doug Peterson, for instance, who Mickey Loomis also said they had a great time. With. So we'll see where it all goes, how it all ends up um, filling out and then what it means for the rest of the coaching staff. But when you have talented coaches on that staff, like guys like Ronald Curry, Pete Carmichael, uh, Chris Richard, who continues to get DC conversation all over the place. And then, of course, um, you know, some of these other position coaches that you really like, Joel Thomas, uh, Joel Thomas, as well as uh, uh, CJ Johnson. I mean, there's, there's a lot, you know, all over the talent there. So when you have a new head coach that's coming in and you want to hold on to that nucleus, makes it a little bit easier when you have fantastic coaches. And that's all because of Sean Payton. Sean Payton left behind a very good coaching staff because he had very little patience when it came to bad coaching, right? He would never expect, he would never accept that because he expected better for his players. And that's why you have such a top notch coaching staff here. So we'll see what that means for the New Orleans Saints as they move ahead within their coaching search. Now, after the coaching search, they're going to have to figure out the quarterback spot. And if the senior bowl is any indication right now, Malik Willis continues to do a lot of great work out of Liberty, the young quarterback, the mobile quarterback, as we've seen the New Orleans Saints be very attracted to recently. Could he be the next guy in New Orleans? We'll talk about that and much more. As we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get there, you want to maybe take a look at some of the odds when it comes to who's going to be the next head coach for the New Orleans Saints or any of these other coaches, coaching openings around the NFL, all the other quarterback questions. I know right now, betonline.net, our friends over there and our exclusive online betting partners and sportsbook, they already have some odds up for who's going to be the next uh, quarterback in Tampa Bay without Tom Brady. And Jimmy Garoppolo sits atop the list, and I say, come on down to the NFC South. Jimmy, let's go ahead and get that going. So if you want to take a look at everything that BetOnline.net has covered across the season, including props, lines, odds, spreads, whatever it is that you might be looking for, then you have to check them out over at BetOnline.net. Don't forget, especially with the playoffs rolling right along and the big game right around the corner. And it's not just football. Of course, they got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, MMA, and even your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that are available over at and throughout the 2022 season, whether it's the NFL, NBA, or otherwise, head over to betonline.net today where the game starts. And when you're finished up over there, I know you got something you need to do with your car that you've been putting off forever. I know I certainly do. Every, every, every single week, every single month, I have something going wrong with my truck. If I could, I would just buy a whole new truck from Rock Auto. But instead, I'm able to just get the pieces that I need, spend a lot less money that way. So go and check them out, rockauto.com, for all of the needs that you have for your car, truck, or vehicle accessories, big parts, big pieces, little parts, little pieces. You want to just replace the little blade that's on your windshield wiper? You can do that. It's a couple dollars, saves you a lot of money and a lot of time. 
delivered straight to your door, cut out the middleman. You don't have to go and try to track down the, the person, the customer service person that's working at that brick and mortar store around the corner. And then they go away for 20 minutes and come back to tell you that they don't have the part. No, no, you never have to worry about that. You can just head over to rockauto.com, see what's available for your car, truck, or vehicle right now, and support a family business along the way that's been at this for over 20 years. Go check them out, rockauto.com, see all the parts that are available for your car or truck, and of course, don't forget to write Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section when you make your purchase so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at day two across the Senior Bowl. We are here in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And, uh, you know, a lot of conversation has been around the quarterbacks here. And there is one quarterback that has been standing out consistently so far over the first two days, and it is Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. Now, on Thursday, he had to play through some sluggish conditions. It was raining all day out here in Mobile. And it'll be raining all day tomorrow in Mobile as well, which quick footnote on that media will not be able to attend practice for the Senior Bowl on day three, but we're going to get film and all those other things too. So I'll still be able to bring you some takes, but it might take me a day or so to get through all the film to make sure that I'm giving you a little bit more than just what I'm picking up like right before I start recording or something like that. So we'll continue to talk about the Senior Bowl as well as the HBCU Combine for the next week or so. Anyway, make sure you get all the information that you need around your favorite prospects. But I know a lot of folks are really high on Malik Willis and what he has done so far at the Senior Bowl. And he has been somebody that stood out. You can see the rip on the ball. You can feel the the pressure. You could feel what the, the velocity is. You, you can just feel it when you see it. I mean, it was the same thing as watching Jameis Winston in training camp when we were there for training camp. Uh, throughout all of last off season, and you know you were watching some of these guys throw the balls, and all of a sudden you saw Jameis just launch one sixty yards through the air, and you felt the difference, and you sort of feel that same way with Malik Willis. And not only does he bring you somebody that has that arm, he also is somebody that can pick up some yards with his legs. It's extremely mobile, that is really elusive, that's able to get outside and and get loose, right? And that's something that the New Orleans Saints have shown that they have a bit of a propensity for here over the past few seasons. They liked Lamar Jackson. They liked uh, Patrick Mahomes. They like Taysom Hill, right? I mean, even even Baker Mayfield has a little bit of his escapability in college that made him exciting, right? So when you look at what it is that the New Orleans Saints have liked over the course of the past few seasons, Malik Willis kind of checks a few boxes. Big arm, but is also somebody that can distribute the ball. He needs a little bit of help seeing the field better, making some better decisions, but the New Orleans Saints have been working on that with quarterbacks for years now, right? They helped Teddy with that. They helped Jameis with that. They helped Taysom with that. They helped Trevor Simeon with that as best as they could. So there's a lot that goes into, of course, like drafting and um, and, and and sort of cultivating and, and, and developing a young quarterback in the draft. And maybe there's a head coach that comes in and says, I'm not very interested in doing that because they want to win more immediately. And that's why I still think the New Orleans Saints this offseason, regardless of who the coach is, is going to be aggressive at that quarterback spot, right? They're still going to look at the trade market. They're still going to look at the free agency market. But if they get interested in dipping in to the quarterback uh, kind of pool when it comes to the draft, a guy like Malik Willis could make a lot of sense. Now, do you dedicate enough resources? Do you have enough resources to dedicate to both Ian Book and Malik Willis? Do you have to make a choice between one or the other? Reportedly, folks were calling, teams were calling the Saints before the season last year 
Four potential trades for Ian Book. Could that happen again? And then a lot. The Saints, the resources to focus on a new quarterback with a new era and sort of the new identity of the New Orleans Saints moving forward. It's certainly possible. But when it comes down to what you're going to see the Saints like, it's still going to be much of what they liked over the past few seasons, right? Even Ian Book has that same escapability that we talk about when we talk about Malik Willis. Maybe not to the same extent, but one of the things that makes him exciting is his ability to extend plays and play off script, which is something Malik Willis brings you as well. I like, you know, a lot of his tape during uh, throughout college. Everyone's going to point to the ULM game where he really didn't get a lot of help from his receivers who instead of driving upfield would come out chest up and then just show the DB that they weren't that they were about to make a cut that they weren't pushing deep. You have to push a, a DB deep before you make a cut in or a cut out. You had, you know, uh, scramble drills to where Malik Willis was rolling out to the right sideline and instead of the uh, the receiver working parallel to him to the open grass. He was working upfield and into defenders and into traffic. So you could see some of those things where he was just trying to make stuff happen. And you know, nobody likes hero ball, particularly in the NFL. So you have to work all of that out of him. But you also are able to, hopefully, with Michael Thomas, uh, ideally back in 2022, getting him paired up with a guy like any quarterback gives you the opportunity to go, okay, this is what receivers are supposed to do in this situation, right? How to read the field the same way as your receiver, how to have receivers read the field the same way as you as a quarterback. Now, I'm not advocating for Malik Willis to get drafted in 2022 and then immediately start in no way. I think if you did that, you're either still have already traded for another quarterback, you've brought back Jameis Winston, or you found some free agent that you feel very comfortable with, probably one of the first two as opposed to the, the, the last one there. But I think that if you landed a guy like Malik Willis and you decided that you wanted to funnel in some resources to develop him. So far, he's showing you the tools that could very much benefit you uh, as an organization. And he just showed you he can play in the rain too. So with the New Orleans Saints reportedly having a home London game, potentially in 2022, it might be rainy over there and you want to go ahead and win those home games, go ahead and have a little bit of fun with Malik Willis in London. So let's talk a little bit more about Malik Willis, talk more about these other quarterbacks, more about the senior ball prospects, in tomorrow's episode as we wrap up the week and wrap up senior bowl practices as well. And then again, of course, we'll continue to update all of this as we go through and continue to track that New Orleans Saints quarterback, or excuse me, uh, head coaching search as well, because they got to solve both of them problems, right? They're not going to be able to just solve one or the other. As always, y'all, I appreciate you very much for coming through for another episode of Locked on Saints and for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out Locked on Bets. Go ahead and win yourself some money with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. As always, I appreciate y'all so much for being here and for everything you need in between these episodes for your New Orleans Saints. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.